It is Kevin and Noel's last day here in the office at Life Church, and so thought we'd go around, ask some staff members, ask LLC what they're going to miss most about Kevin and Noel. So come on, let's go. Kevin and Noel, I think all their little antics and all, they're always trying to prank somebody, play somebody, keep you on your toes. I remember the time that I rear-ended Kevin and Noel and our new LLC directors on our way to a district summit. Well, Kevin was always our long hitter in our four-man's golf scrambles, and uh, he couldn't do much of anything else, but he was a monster driver. I think for Kevin, it's going to be the videos. Hey, Life Church, I'm Kevin. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you by. Weep not miss them but I'll definitely miss their kids whoa what are you gonna miss most about Kevin and Noel you know what I would have to say that I'm gonna miss the beauty of Noel and then Kevin he's all right gross Kevin what's she gonna miss most about you I don't know but it better be good What am I going to miss most about Kevin and Noel? It's probably the time that we shot a video for a golf promo that Kevin threw a tee marker into a golf cart and it actually popped the tire. And many of you thought that that was staged. That was an actual real thing that happened. <laughs> Did you get it open? <laughs> what just happened? I'm going to get in trouble. What's your favorite thing about Kevin and Noel? Um, I think growing up, all of the mission trips and camps, they were a ton of fun, and you always left them like with so many crazy memories. I personally love Noelle's preaching. I love her enthusiasm, and I also appreciate her in our daughter's life. Their heart for missions, it's just inspiring for me and life-changing. Whoever they meet, they always champion that person to be the best that they can be and to just be themselves. Memories and going on missions trips with them, um, they've made a very big impact in my life, so I'm gonna miss them a lot. Kevin and Noelle, you have made such a tremendous impact on so many people. You will truly be missed. We love you guys. Will you guys give a great life, church? Thank you to Kevin and Noelle. I'm kind of getting tired of this by the third service, really to be honest with you. <laughs> it is great, great, great to have you here today. It's great to be celebrating your last service at Life Church. We'll keep you close as always. Sing All right, come on. So today we are, if you're a guest today, we are celebrating Kevin and Noel. They've been with us for six and a half years on staff. And um and then they are leaving this weekend. It'll be their last weekend. And they began what's called itineration. We'll explain a little bit more of that. To basically to go to be missionaries in, uh, to Europe. They'll be based out of Brussels, Belgium. And so, uh, you know, the, to kind of go back six and a half years ago, your first, your weekend that you came to interview was uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, was that 20, is that 09? And uh, we had Freddie from iCarly here, so there was like tweeners everywhere, oh, especially girls. 
and they were all here, and, uh, and so uh, you guys are here that weekend, and you know, I had, most, most hires at Life Church. we don't have the money for the hire uh, when we're starting a new, uh, a new position or whatever, uh, we just kind of, by faith, and uh, which means I say yes to them, and then I ask you for money. That's kind of what that means. And so, uh, so the deal was I wanted to have a missions pastor, an outreach director that would come on staff and really champion missions. I have a huge heart for missions, but, but being the senior leader, I don't have the ability to focus on it uh, the way I'd like to. And so uh, from the time that I kind of had started asking some guys if they had anybody, if they knew anyone, whatever, until the time that I got met Kevin or ke- got connected with Kevin, uh, I, d- I just I honestly just didn't have it in the budget and then kind of decided I was going to go a different direction and we kind of back up and punt and try this again next year. Um, and so uh, I have this, I get, the, I get his resume, and there was just something about this couple that I said, we have to figure out how to get them onto the team. And... Uh, and so I, I said, hey, I, I want you guys to come onto the team. You had a choice between uh, two cities in America that start with M, two great cities. One was Milwaukee. The other was Miami. I still don't know why you chose Milwaukee, but anyhow, you did. And, uh, and so you, you came here on the staff. And, uh, and I told you, if you would stay with us for three years, I would get behind you and send you out as missionaries. If you stay, if you stay with me for five years... I'd really get behind you, which just means more money, right? Mochetta. So I was going to get behind you and do that. And then, um, and so six, it's six and a half years, and I can't get rid of you. That's the No, I'm just teasing. But six and a half years. Let me just pause real quick. Ganeer, weren't you with him in the cow costume? He absolutely was. He definitely yeah, was. Yes. That's a whole, out here in the, right, it would actually be in this room right now. It was just a field then. Okay, I'm sorry. There's so many things. And Sandra the chicken? She still has a fa- Facebook page, correct? She does, yeah. I forgot the I password. I said happy birthday to her. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> forgot so anyhow, the password. There's so many so inside jokes. I'm sorry. So let's get back to spiritual. So you guys come on to the staff, and you have served with such distinction and uh, have done everything I've ever asked you to do. Uh, and uh, probably the most flexible, will- willing staff members that I've ever had. And uh, that's one of, I think, the great characteristics of you, as well as, Kevin, I don't know how you do it, but you talk yourself in and out of more trouble than anybody I've ever met in my life. There are certain people I love to travel with. Kevin's one of those people that I will love to travel with. So speaking of travel, yesterday we just, actually it was Friday night, we uh, graduated the first class of Life Leadership College, which Kevin Noel started uh, here at Life Church four years ago. And um, which was part of why you stayed this to this point, because I said, if you're going to do this, you got to give me four years and graduate that first incoming class. So we're all in Dallas. So it's the Millers, us, Tammy and I, uh, the new leadership directors, life leadership college directors, the Johnsons, who still haven't made it back yet. Uh, they come in today uh, because everything's grounded in, 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 in travel and just halted because of just a, a thunderstorm. And uh, so Ryan texts me, and he's in San Diego at an executive uh, pastor's roundtable saying, hey, I'm flying through Dallas, and my flight to Milwaukee on, on uh, Friday night has been canceled. So I'll meet you guys. I'm scheduled on the next flight out, which is the first flight in the morning. Saturday out of DFW. And so we all get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, get to the airport, only to find that our flight is completely canceled. Now think about this. 
One, two, three. We all have to be on the platform to do the service. This isn't like, hey, can somebody else preach? You know, so this was going to be Daniel, Nando, and Cassie's, what was going to happen <laughs> had we not gotten back. And so I, being God's man of faith and power, was having myself a bacon, egg, cheese biscuit at McDonald's while they were trying to, to talk, he and Ryan, the, the gate agent, and getting us on the flight. Uh, we basically, I was number 18 on the standby list to even get a coach seat. Come to find out there are nine first-class seats available. The next thing I know, Kevin is like working his magic. Wiggity, wiggity, wiggity. He's working his magic, and we're all bumped to first class. Holla. It was, it was a lot of Ryan as well. It was Ryan? Yeah, it happened, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you did, but anyhow. So those are the stories comfortable. with Kevin and Noel. So... Along with we didn't that, pay for that either. So we didn't pay for that. Yeah, and we had a friend of mine who was flying on that flight. He's an evangelist, and he gets on. He gets bumped up, and he's like, dude, like your whole staff is in first class. And I said, yeah, the Life Church jets down, so we're having to slum it here in first class. <laughs> Holla, don't hate me because you ain't me. All right. Then he gave me his business card and asked to come preach here. So um, that's how it works. Noel, how many different roles? We never even hired you. We hired Kevin. And you've actually done better than Kevin has, to be really honest with you. And that's very true as well. How many roles have you served here at Life Church? I believe it's five. Can you name them? Uh, hopefully by now I can. Uh, youth pastor, Life Kids pastor, early childhood director, family focus director, and LLC director. Exactly. Wow. So there we are. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have, you guys have um, lived here for six and a half years. How many different houses, apartments have you lived in? There's people laughing already. Uh, six. This, we're, we're in our sixth So about place. every 13 months you move. That's not a real good number, Kevin. You know, it, you got a gypsy spirit. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so how, what's the shortest amount of time you've lived in one place? Four. four months. Four to five months. Four months. And what town was that in, Kevin? Yeah. It was in Germantown. That's the only time you've lived in Germantown. There was, there you was like Germantown? mold on the walls. I was getting sickly. That was kind of mold, there. Kevin. <laughs> I you broke my lease. You I didn't was... like this chair. You didn't like the stairs. All right. Here's a great one. If anybody knows Kevin, you know this. I'm sorry if this is a bit insider. We'll get more spiritual in a minute. How many vehicles have you owned in six and a half years, Kevin? We counted this. We had to stop at a certain number, but we counted. First of all, it, it's a hobby, okay? So, <laughs> it pro- low 20s? 24. Pro- yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, right? <laughs> Maybe I have issues. Here's a better know. question. <laughs> How many of those cars have you registered with the state of Wisconsin, Kevin? Now, that's not too important. And that's <laughs> why. That's why he's moving to most Europe. Most of them. Most that's of them, why he's sure. moving to Europe. He's got to get out of the country. Okay. On a serious note. I asked Ryan, we sat down and we, we ran the numbers and the data on this. How many students have gone to camp under your leadership? 317. That's a whole lot. Yeah, you am. For a couple who said they never wanted to be youth pastors. That's the funny part about this. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Pastor. I just don't feel like I'm gifted in that. I, I, but if that's what you want me to do. Ta-da. How many students have gone on mission trips? 236. How many students have made decisions to follow Christ? This is what we have documented. 270 first-time decisions to follow Christ. 
How many students? Hey, yeah, that's great. How many students have uh, have been called into into ministry? Uh, we fifty is where we where we uh, where, where where we last uh, the last number that we had. How many have gone? How many people from Life Church, so adults, have gone on missions trips, Kevin, under your leadership in the last six and a half years? Five hundred and seventeen. Yeah. And this is the big one. In six and a half years of being the missions director at Life Church, how much money has been raised? Two million eight hundred and eighteen thousand two hundred ninety-eight dollars. So to say that you guys have done a great job here would be an understatement. And to say that you will be missed uh, isn't adequate. And so um, I want to spend a couple of minutes today talking about not just you, but talking about what God's called you to do and where you're going and what's going on. Because that has radically shifted in the last four weeks. Uh, Where you're going in Brussels has radically changed in a way that won't, will never be the same. So talk to us about this mission's call and where you're going and what's going, what's happening. Yeah, for sure. You know, many of you guys have heard this story, but for us, it all got started in Ireland, uh, a trip to Ireland. I went for the complete wrong reasons. Um, I saw that Noel was going on the trip. I didn't want to go, and I saw this beautiful girl that was going, and I was like, I can't wait to go to Ireland. So went to Ireland, and... We were 16, so... <laughs> we, were, we were 16. Forgive us. <laughs> But uh, my relationship with God was very rocky at that time, to say the least. And I remember going and ministering in this park in Dublin, Ireland, uh, to teenagers. And God spoke to me that day that I was no different than the people that I was ministering to. And at that moment, I said, God, I give you my life. Like, I, I surrender. I'm, I'm done running from you. I give you my life, whatever you want to do. And throughout the next couple of months of being a 17-year-old and after fresh off of a missions trip, I knew that missions was for me. I knew that I wanted to give my life uh, into missions. Yeah, for me, it was about a year later on a mission trip with our youth group as well that I was there um, in Asuncion, Paraguay, and just cried more than I laughed and just knew in that moment that God was speaking to me uh, that that's what he wanted me to give my life to was missions. And so um, that's for us being, you know, young, that's when it started for us a life of you know, generosity, uh, if you will, uh, to give our lives back to God. Yeah, and, and generosity is honestly, it's our number one family value. Uh, we strive to be generous in everything, and, and even more than finances, we, we strive to give ourselves and give of ourselves, and we have been honored and privileged to give ourselves to Milwaukee, to Life Church over the past six and a half years, and uh, we can't wait to give ourselves to Europe now. And to give ourselves to that continent. And so we have a video that we want to show you. Uh, You're the first church that we're showing it to. But this is what we're going to, when we go to different churches during our itineration, this is the video that we'll show. So you guys can check this out. Hi, everyone. We're the Millers. And we're so excited about our new journey as missionaries to Brussels, Belgium. Kevin and I met on a mission trip to Europe, and after that life-changing experience, said yes to a journey with Jesus that is now leading us back to that part of the world. Yeah, we have a simple vision to equip the local church of Europe by seeing the need, serving the forgotten, and sharing the hope of Jesus. When we see Time Magazine call Europe the world's most spiritually darkest place, we can confidently say that there's no better time than now to reach Europe with the gospel. 
In the Bible, Acts 3 is a story that's close to our hearts. It's a true story of two friends that served a forgotten man. And after healing took place, they gathered at a place called Solomon's Porch. This is a place where the community and the church became one. And thousands were added to the church by Peter and John stepping out and serving. We're so excited to help build porches onto churches in Europe. We'll be able to see this accomplished through a partnership with a wonderful organization called Convoy Pope Europe. We would love for you to be a part of this journey by praying with us and also partnering with us. Thank you so much. You know, for us, it's, it's more of a general video that we're going to show, but we wanted to share more of our heart and where this started for us with you guys because it started here. Um, it started at Life Church. It started from conversations with, with Pastor Aaron. Um, you know, when we first came here, we really had a heart for South America, and uh, we thought we may end up there one day. And through conversations with Pastor and through taking trips, um, you know, we had a mindset of missions being about spiritual poverty. And God began to open our eyes, I'm sorry, about physical poverty, and God began to open our eyes of what spiritual poverty looks like. And after taking trips in Europe, God really just began to move in our heart. I remember the trip to Montenegro that I took with some of you in this room. Uh, it was the first missions trip to Europe um, after our, our first trip that we took to Ireland. And just the things that God began to do inside of me. I'll never forget meeting uh, a little boy. He was a Roma Gypsy boy and uh, just getting to know him. And when I left, I, I thought about the fact that I'm leaving someone in a country that has less than 100 followers of Christ in it. The entire country has less than 100 followers of Christ. So going on trips like that just begin to stir our heart for the need in this continent. Yeah, uh, for me it was when we took a trip with the youth group here at Life Church. We went to Ireland, and those stats that you hear about the 4% that attend church regularly, you would walk the streets of Dublin, and that would become a reality to you. Your heart would just break because you have this hope, and there are people out there that are in desperate need of that, desperate need of the hope, you know, and that was a reality that we kind of experienced there in the streets of Dublin with, with many of your students. Yeah, and even going to places like Liverpool, England. I remember in Liverpool, we did a prayer walk one day. And walking the streets of Liverpool, it's really when I began to think, I could give my life to this. I could give my life to this continent. Knowing that only 4% of people attended church regularly in all of Europe and actually being there and seeing it, I knew that, man, I can give my life to this. We as a family can give our lives to this. Yeah. So... Seeing all of that play out in your life and seeing all that happen, um, you guys have made a, a mark that won't be erased here. What, what, how has being at Life Church um, shaped you? Like, what, what are you going to as you leave here? Did I say this is your very last yeah. service at Life Church? What are you going to 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 leave here? Um, what are you going to miss? Yeah, I think one thing that um, Life Church is really exposed us to is the power of the local church. Pastor talks about all the time about how the local church is the hope of the world. And I think serving with you and changing diapers in early childhood together and then handing babies back and seeing people's faces change after they've experienced Jesus in this room right here and at our campuses and and seeing kids pray over the offering in BGMC for our, the missionary challenge there and, and hearing their prayers and, and seeing how that has changed people. I, I think there is something so powerful about when the church realizes that they're the hope of the world. 
Um, they begin to change their communities. They begin to change where they're at. And that's our heart in Europe is to see people that are so lost and forgotten. You hear about the millions of people that have flooded the soil there in Europe from countries that are close to the gospel. And you think about the reality that the church could partner with the community with outreaches and, and things like that. And you begin to see that happen and, and hope is realized. And that all started here for us at Life Church. The realization that you guys watching how you serve and you change the communities that you live really inspired us to do the same in, in Europe. So it's not the great preaching that you're going to miss. And, and the great, that the great well. preaching. That as well. Yeah, I feel the love here. That as well. So in a serious note, uh, not that that's not serious, but in a serious note, um, Brussels, where you're going to be headquartered, has changed. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago being in Waterloo, which is the suburban area you guys will be living in, uh, where the uh, Convoy of Hope Europe headquarters are, having lunch with a couple of missionaries there, uh, Michael McNamee, who's the director of Convoy of Hope Europe, and Michael telling me of the great need and financially and what he was trying to raise. And while we're having lunch outside on this, um, this patio, uh, there are, you know, Maserati, Ferrari. There was a, a brand-new Ford Shelby that had just been imported, about $110,000. It was hard to go, Michael, you can't hardly raise money for all of, I mean, you're, this is, I mean, Brussels is, as along with a lot of European cities, uh, some of the lap of luxury. But we've seen the last, just on our own television screens and our, and our, our uh, de mobile devices, how that, that is radically shifting. Not just with the Syrian refugees coming into places like Brussels, trying to get asylum in Europe, I mean, into, into the UK. Because if they can get into England then they're given political asylum, uh, and, and uh, they're uh, in Brussels, they're not. Uh, knowing that there were boroughs and villages and actually suburbs or, or any uh, parts of the city there in Brussels like Mullock that were hotbeds for, for uh, terrorism, but it never had happened on their soil in that way. And then being in that airport, you know, You've been there. I've been there uh, going through there. Matter of fact, I was talking to Kirk Noonan, who's one of the VPs for Convoy of Hope, and said that morning they had a flight in with one of the missionaries, and one of the guys in the office that you're working at was supposed to go pick him up. And right there in the Starbucks where, where the bomb went off in that part of the airport, which would have been where he was supposed to meet him, as soon as the flight comes down with the missionary and lands, they see the cloud of smoke coming on in the airport in that, in that particular portion blowing up, knowing something was, was wrong, having me detained upon the, uh, on the tarmac there in the airplane. I mean, this has radically shifted. This is no longer a great, it's a great European city, but it's no longer a place that's just very passive and, and very, you know, laid back. This is a hotbed, in essence, uh, for a lot of um, Muslim and uh, anti-Christian um, uh, sentiment that is now becoming exposed. It's, it's been there, but it's been under the surface. Um, talk to me a little bit about, God knew that when he called you there. Uh, you would see pieces of that, but not at that level. Uh, and now you're going there. And then, and I want you to talk about that a little bit, Kevin. And Noel, I want you to talk a little bit about what's it going to be like as a mom bringing your family. And, and the other thing, Kevin, is how can you, with a good conscience, take your wife? I mean, I had a conversation with your father-in-law a couple weeks ago. And he's not real happy about his daughter and his babies going. How, what motivates you to go? I mean, you, people need Jesus all over the world. I mean, Right? You can go to Paraguay. Right? Why? why? Absolutely. I, for me, I'm such a firm believer that 
that God is, is our everything. He's our I am. You know, he, he's our provider, but he's our protector. And I, I think that we are protected most being in God's will. And we know without a shadow of a doubt that this is where, uh, that where we need to be as a family. And, you know, I think it, it hits home. When that happened, we, we got a text from some missionaries that we support, the Tarantinos there, some good friends of ours. But we got a text at 3.30 a.m. Um, saying, hey, we're safe, but please pray for our kids. They're still in school. And had no clue what was happening. It was literally right after it happened. So we went in the living room and turned on the news. And uh, we just sat there. And, and it was just kind of a reality check of, wow, this is, this is really going to happen. And we just began to pray and believe in God. And I'll never forget Noel looking at me and saying, there's no better time than now to go. There's no better time than now to be able to go and serve in this part of the world. And so as, as it's been, for me, a lot of prayer. You know, I can't sit here and say, yep, I've, I've been 100% the whole time saying that I'm not afraid. You know what I mean? It, right. There's definitely been some fear, but I think that's where courage rises up, saying that there's more. You know, for even our family with London, um, we try to get London to pray, and for some reason London <laughs> hates to pray. I don't know what he hated to pray, but Ezra, he even prays. He folds his little hands and prays. But London, uh, his teacher even said, now, you, you guys are pastors, right? Because uh, he's not praying in class. And I'm like, from oh, Noel, huh? God help us all. <laughs> but the other night, we're sitting around as a family, and we always give London an opportunity to pray. And it was about a week after the bombings took place, and uh, London started to pray. And he started to pray for his family and his friends, and it began to break my heart and, because he started to pray for Europe. And he said, God, I pray for Brussels, and I pray for our friends there. And that, it, it's those things that really say to me that God is at work here and that God is our protector as a family. Is there fear? Sure, but courage goes up so much further. You know, there's, there's a perfect love of Jesus that casts out every bit of fear that, that could be there. Yeah, I remember the day that that happened. Um, I got a phone call from my dad, <laughs> and uh, he just said, Noel, please don't take my grandbabies to Brussels. And so it was a reality. I got a, you know, some more phone calls and text messages from other people in this room as well um, in reference to not taking you know, our family there. And, um, and it was in that moment that I remember telling my dad, you know, Dad, light shines brightest in the darkness. Um, that there's a light that is inside Kevin and I, our boys, and we believe that in the midst of all of that, that there is a light that will shine brighter than any of that. And we know that, um, you know, we were just singing this morning, and it was so, so powerful, but it is well with my soul that the winds and the waves still know his name. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is that there are refugees that don't yet know his name. There are people in Brussels that live in these areas that don't yet know his name, but we know that that name is greater than the winds and the waves that may try to come in, and it is still well with our soul, no matter what's happening in the area that the world, of the world that God's called us to, you know? Right. And so just reaffirming our family and, and friends that, you know, this is what we believe, and uh, if we believe it, then we need to live it out and go, and, and none of those things can, can really change what it is that God's put in our heart to do. And so as a mom, yeah, it's terrifying. And like Kevin's saying, uh, it would be a lie to sit up here and say that you weren't scared um, and nervous and all of those things. Um, but we believe that. And sometimes you have to tell your heart that um, and remind yourself of those things. But it's true. There's no better time than now for us to go and, and to be a part of sharing that hope um, with them. So. Amen. So from here, you guys, uh, just to kind of give you a, uh, an idea of, of the process it goes through, they don't just arbitrarily say, hey, here's what we want to do. Um, 
again, we've known this for a long time and been walking through this, but, but they began to go through an application process with the Assemblies of God World Missions, which is the largest Protestant missions organization in the world. Uh, and, um, and so uh, they began to process through that, go through psych evaluations. I still don't know how you passed that, Kevin. Um, There's hope for everyone. We were right? all, we were all <laughs> praying oh for goodness. that. Um, and so anyhow, so they go through all the interviews in the process and all that kind of a deal and then finally get to a place where they approve you guys as missionaries. And so then after you get approved as missionaries, you're assigned a budget. You, they don't, you guys don't get to make that up. They, the, they make that based upon the cost of living, based upon all the factors, risk factors, so forth and so on, uh, and everything. And then from there, uh, then you guys have to go out and basically raise the money for that. And if you can raise that budget, then you get to go. You don't get to go to the budgets raised. And so, and so they call that process itineration. So itineration is the point when you leave your church or your place of ministry. So I remind you, this is your very last service. Because a lifetime's not too long. All right, anyhow, so, uh, so you leave here, and then you go to go raise that. And so, and so um, in that, what, what is then your budget that's been set for you by AGWM? Yeah, it's just over $9,200 a month, uh, and that's a monthly amount that we need the entire time that we're there. And then it's also a cash of over, a little so over 40 You have grand. like a weekend house in the French Riviera? On no, that that's, <laughs> that's what that. a lot of people think, looking right. at a number that large. But in reality, our, our, our base income is $24,000. Um, there's things like insurance that are astronomical. There's no insurance company in the world uh, that will cover an AG missionary just because of the risk that's involved. And so the Assemblies of God actually has a pool uh, that they have their own insurance that they do. And so that is, that's through the roof just because of the risk that right. are involved with that. Um, and there's, there's things like visas that, I mean, it's four, four to six grand a year just for visas. Because it's one thing to go to Europe on vacation and get a, a three-month stamp in your passport. But then to get a visa to live there uh, for years at a time is very, very expensive. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Even our apartment, um, an apartment that you would rent here that would run maybe around $1,000 there would be around $2,000 yeah. a month. And so the cost of living uh, goes way up. Um, but yeah, and then also the exchange rate from the from the dollar to the euro correct, yeah. and all that stuff impacts yeah. it. Um, so so you basically then how, how do you raise your money then? How yeah. do you, how do you raise that? Basically, we're going to churches and sharing our vision, just like this. You know, it's it's going to churches and asking them to get behind us financially and also with prayer, um, and really sharing what God's doing. But it's going to be a lot of traveling. Uh, we're going to be on the road a lot as a family, going to some different places. Y'all pray for my boys. <laughs> pray for the boys. Pray for pray Noel. For you can hear some nerve pills. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, but yeah, it's it's lots of traveling. So we're going to be in Springfield uh, for our training all of June. Uh, we're going to be in Georgia in July and August. That was real uh, smart, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we picked summer. Just the because time I'm acclimated of the to the weather here, and it's going to be like done. Right. It's going to be bad, but. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to travel there, and then after that, we're going to be uh, traveling a lot. In so, this area. so, and you and missionaries spend about thirty-five thousand miles a year <laughs> itinerating. Yeah, right? on average, it's it's a lot. So, so. it's a lot, lot of miles, a lot, a lot of time. Uh, last weekend, you guys were in Cincinnati at uh, Brad Rosenberg's church, the Great Tri County yeah. Assembly. Uh, Brad said you guys did a phenomenal job. And uh, talk to me a little bit too. You're not moving back to Georgia. You're staying here. Yeah. You can live anywhere you want to live in itinerate, correct? You can, yeah. But why, why are you choosing to stay in, in Wisconsin? I know for us, again, we had the option to... You to, do know it's another winter you're going to stay here, right? <laughs> I know, I realize it. But for us, uh, in all reality, this is home to us. Uh, we started our family here. 
Uh, we have our church family here, and this is home for us. That's why we have chosen to, to stay here for our last year of being in the States, uh, essentially. Wow. And so we're going we're gonna to be here because you guys are home. You know, home is a lot more than just a location. It's the people, and uh, you guys are our home, and that, that's why we're, we're going to stay. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So you're going to be doing weekend services, and, uh, and you've got services already starting to be booked and that kind of a thing and happening. So as soon as you raise your budget, uh, which we kind of ran some numbers, so over a five-year period, you're going to need close to $600,000. Does that scare you at all? It's a lot of money. Coming. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah, it's, it's a high amount. So you raise, you, you don't have to raise 600000 but you have to raise the budget for monthly support Correct. so that you're able to get your 9200 a month, your yeah. 40000 cash budget, and then, uh, and then, you, then you are able to, to, to go with that point. Yeah, Correct? and we're, we're shooting for next May. So you think it's uh, going to be about be 12 to months? We hope so. I mean, months. that's a bit of an aggressive goal, but we're. You know you can't come back here. This is your last <laughs> service. <laughs> this is it. This is it. All right. So, so what else can we do besides today? We're gonna we're gonna help you and and we're gonna get come behind you as your as your home church, um, and with with giving beyond finances. What else can we do to help you guys? Yeah, on everybody's seat there should be what we like to call our prayer card, and so um, you can take that, put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, wherever you will see it and remember us, because we are going to be in desperate need of prayer through this process. Um, we have been reminded time and time again about the power of prayer and people that will surround you and pray for you. And, and we put our really cute boys on there so you remember to pray for them. Um, and uh, just pray for protection for our family and just grace. Um, we need God's grace as we do this because this is so much bigger than we could ever um, could ever process in our own minds. And so please remember us in prayer and stand with us in prayer. That would mean... Uh, the world to our family to know that our home church is, is praying for us and, and believing and standing with us. So that's a big one. Awesome. So before we bring the boys out, pray over you. Any uh, last things you'd like to say? Yeah, I, um, I'm very grateful for the generosity of this church. Um, very grateful. You know, we went on a trip to Moldova. I'll never forget this trip. We went to a spot, uh, this very poor area, and we went inside of this house. And this lady that had nothing uh, basically saw a need in me. I wasn't wearing socks, as I'm not today either. Hey, join. That's right. I know. Holla. I don't know what it is. But you've rubbed off on me, Pastor. But mm. she came out, and she had nothing, but she gave me a pair of socks. And I didn't want to take them. You know what I mean? And I... Uh, I couldn't take them, but the missionary said, you better take them. And it was, honestly, it was a, a seed that was planted in us that we're ready to give our life. And I, I can't tell you how many seeds that you've planted in our family of generosity, um, how many seeds that you've planted in us, how, how much encouragement that you've given us knowing that man, we can do this. We can do this because we have people backing us. We have people behind us. That means the world. It's more than ever we realize that we cannot do this alone. And it's so humbling to think that we, there's, there's no possible way that we can. But by your support, your finances, your prayer, we can do this. And so I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for making a home for us uh, in Milwaukee, a place where we knew no one. And we came here, and we've grown very close with many of you uh, that are in this room. And so thank you so much for, for welcoming us with open arms. Yeah, um, again, I would just uh, echo that. Um, 
that, gra- that gratitude. Um, many of you trusted us to send your kids to camp with us, um, send them uh, on mission trips and conventions. And, and as a mom, that means the world, that you would um, trust us enough to be a part, a small part of your journey with your kids. And, and thank you for creating a, a home for us. Many of you have adopted us and taken us in as friends and family. And, and for that, we are so grateful um, and so humbled and honored to just be able to have served this community um, has been been awesome for us. And to Pastor and Tammy, um, you guys have like, wow, um, always, always been behind us and, and supported us and, and took a chance on us as um, Bible college graduates that didn't know what we were doing at all um, and said yes because we were afraid to, you know, say no and fail at other things. So we said we'd just try it all. So, um, so thank you for, for believing in us always and standing with us always. It's really meant, meant the world to us. Well, so. we, we love you guys and uh, as a church. And Tammy and I, you know, as a couple, uh, you will be missed. This is uh, probably one of the most difficult departures for me because, um, you know, I'll never forget the first event. You guys had just gotten here in December and uh, – uh, we were we'd gone to a, a staff board Christmas lunch uh, over on the east side, and uh, we were coming back, and and uh, we had a guest that weekend. Mark Harris was with us, and Mark was in the car. And Mark said, "Aaron, I don't know a lot, but I know that whenever that couple leaves, you're going to miss them." And uh, I have done everything in my power to bribe you to uh, uh, try to twist scripture uh, to keep you here uh, because I. You know, um, I, you know, I uh, legitimately see God's hand on your life and your ministry. Um, Kevin, there are very few men that have the confidence that you have to be able to let Noel express the gift that God's given her. Most men are not secure enough to, to let their wife shine. Uh, and uh, they have to, in an unhealthy way, dominate and push. And, and you never, you, Noelle has a great gift of communication. And you get behind her and have always been supportive. I've never heard you, either one of you, in private settings. I mean, we've been on trips together. Uh, we've been all over the U.S., some of the world together. I've never heard you guys ever speak ill of one another in a public setting or talk down to one another. And I'm sure you were fighting like cats and dogs when the door got shut, but you never let anybody see. You always upheld one another. Um, and the, the, the grace and the gift that you have, Kevin, of just loving people has been convicting to me and challenging to me. And that's a big reason why there's been close to $3 million raised under your leadership. And Noel, you are one of the most gifted communicators. There is an anointing that's on your life to speak and to preach. Uh, I believe there are great doors of opportunities for you. And the fact that you've graced this stage as one of, you know, besides uh, Ryan and myself, you are the most, most used communicator here. And uh, that's not because we need to have a girl on the stage. That's because you're that good. And I've had several guys call me and say, hey, is they're coming to itinerate, uh, I, I've got this ladies thing. Can Noel speak? And I said, Can she speak? 
And uh, to see that happen and develop and grow is just amazing. This isn't about Kevin being a missionary. This is about you together as a team doing what you've done here or doing that somewhere else. And so I will miss you. Uh, I love you. Tammy and I both do. And we think the world of you and our home and our life. And we look forward. We know that, as I joke with you about this being your last service, but as you leave here, uh, we're connected. We're family. And so you're leaving here going to Europe. Uh, and um, with Scott Mankey and I were talking, Kevin, you you got to hook us up. So that's all we're saying is uh, when we get there. So when you get there, we'll be doing some trips and everything. But, uh, but just... You're, you're just being sent out from here, from this place, that you're, you're connected here. And you've made a mark, I said this earlier, that, that can't be erased, that won't be erased. You've, you've touched students' lives. Um, you've touched kids that are going into ministry. Um, and uh, we, we're very grateful for the time that you've spent here. And we love you and we appreciate you. And so um, uh, with that, I'm going to have uh, Alicia. Are you there? You can release the hounds. Are they back there? James and John, the sons of thunder. <laughs> You can just let them run out here. We'll just let them go. Three, two, one. Here they go. Hey! All right. <laughs> do, what do you want to do? Do you want to pray over something? So, we're going we're gonna to pray for Kevin and Noel. Tammy, will you join me on the platform as well? Are you, are you really going to pray, London? Are you really going to pray? You're not. You just want to hold the microphone? You have a special song or something? Ezra, what about you? Ezra, will you come here? This kid's too big to play soccer. Do you agree? What do you think? Can you say bishop? Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. All right, we're going to pray. Would you stretch your hand this direction? And we're going to pray for Kevin and Noel and for this family. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for London. I thank you for Ezra. I thank you for Kevin. I thank you for Noel. I thank you for their life. I thank you for their ministry. I thank you for their time with us. I pray, God, Lord, I pray this prayer over them, God, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, the very first time that they came here. And we sat with the leadership of the church and they became staff members. And today, Lord, we release them to do what you've called them to do, to go into all the world and to preach and teach the gospel. I pray, God, put a hedge of protection around them and be with them, Lord, as they are taking the gospel, not just around the corner, but around the world. God, I pray that you, Lord, would, would, would put a hedge of protection around these boys, that they will grow up, Lord, to know you, Jesus, to, 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 to live a life the way Kevin has lived before them. And that, Father, that you would just bless them and that you would keep them. Lord, on the days where they feel like they're all alone on the other side of the world, that they will know there's a church family that loves them and that cares for them. There are people that are praying for them and that support them, that they'll never be alone. I pray, God, give them much, much reward, Lord, for their work and for the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Will you give them a big hand? Love you, man.